Hey, y'all. You're listening to the Calvary Youth Culture Podcast. We meet on Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. at Calvary Church. For more information, check out our Instagram and Facebook at CYC Students. Our goal for this podcast is to inspire you to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. One of the things that I love about Toy Story is that these toys kind of make up like a crazy dysfunctional family, right? Like all of them have their own distinct personalities and strengths and weaknesses. And I'm definitely Team Woody all the way. Some of y'all might be Team Buzz, but I'm definitely Team Woody. Um, But all of them just have like these crazy distinct strengths and weaknesses that make up a family. And so two weeks ago, we talked about relationships and we talked specifically about uh, relationships with the opposite sex. And we talked about soul ties. And last week we talked about friendship. Um, Last week we talked about friendship. And so tonight I wanted to talk about family. But here's where I really want to go with family. And um, family means something different to everybody in this room. To some of you, family means your siblings. What's up, Caden? My brother's in here. Mariah's in here. Uh, I got siblings in this room. For some of you, family is parents. For some of you, it's grandparents. For some of you, it's cousins. Uh, My wife has like 80 cousins. We legit met some of her cousins at our wedding for the first time. So some of us have like these massive family units, but then for others of us, your family might be different. But here's a family that we're all a part of, okay? Every single one of us in this room, we're a part of one family, and that's the family of God. We're all part of the family of God, and so that's really where I wanted to go with it tonight. And when the claw comes down and rescues you from certain death and invites you into new life, and that's the family that we're all part of in this room, this new life, this new family that you've been welcomed into. And I love that Calvary Youth Culture, that name, we get to create our own culture, right? It's on the shirts, create your culture, or whatever it is, culture you create. I already messed up the slogan. So um, a culture you create. So we, as an, in this room, as a group of students, as a group of leaders, as a group of adults, we have the opportunity to create whatever culture we want in this room, literally whatever we want. And so I'd like to propose tonight that I'd love for us to be a family. Can we all agree with that? Like, I'd love for this to be one big family in this room. That when people come in here, they feel welcomed. They feel like they're welcomed into the family of God. They feel like they're welcomed into the CYC family. So I'm going to read a few verses. Um, Psalm 68. I'm actually only going to read verses 4 through 6, Andrew. Verses 4 through 6. It says, sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. Here we go. He's the father to the fatherless, defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. God places those who are lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. I want to read that last one real quick again. God places those who are lonely in families. I love that. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. Let's pray real quick. God, I pray that everyone in here, every student at Kerr Middle School, every student at STEAM, every student at Hughes, God, in our high schools, God, if they're feeling lonely right now, God, I ask that your peace would come over them wherever they're at. 
if they're in their room, if they're doing homework, if they're at a track meet, God touch them. In your name, amen. So here's one of the things that I want to talk about tonight. As an eighth grader, I moved from Illinois to Texas. So I uprooted and moved across the country. Um, Ryan, Caden, Caden, you weren't even born yet, were you, buddy? You were like one? Caden was like one month old when we moved across the whole country. So we uprooted and we moved. And so as an eighth grader, I, I remember coming in to Hughes Middle School in the middle of the school year, knowing zero people. Did it, has anybody done that? Has anybody moved and come to a school? Y'all know how weird it is, right? You kind of sit there and you're like, yeah, Izzy, you literally are doing it right now. So you sit there and you kind of go, okay, I don't know anybody in here. I don't know any, I don't have any friends. I don't have, like, I have my family family at home. Like, I have my parents and I have my siblings. But, like, I need, like, a different family to fit into here in school in my life. And so I remember sitting in this brand new school. I was goofy looking. I had grown like way too fast. So I was wearing knee braces. Uh, uh, my nose was too big. I didn't shave my unibrow. Uh, some of y'all need to know about that. Uh, but I, I probably had BO like every other eighth grader. Like it is what it is, right? Like that was me. Um, so I remember not having, I remember intentionally thinking, man, I just need somewhere to belong. I need like a family to fit in with as an eighth grader. So then basketball season starts, and I remember getting picked on like before basketball season starts, but then basketball season starts and they're like, oh my gosh, who's this eighth grader that's like doing windmill 360 dunks? No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't doing all that. <laughs> but they're like, who's this eighth grader who let it, let, like we beat Kerr three times that year and Hughes never beats Kerr, um, except for this year in football. I was at the game, Liam. <laughs> I said, except for Hughes beat Kerr this year in football. Hughes was like notorious for never beating Kerr and we did it. And so I remember the second that people found out I was good at basketball, I was welcomed into like a new family, like a family of the popular kids at school who all liked sports. And I remember thinking how lame that was. <laughs> like the fact that the only reason I was welcomed into this new family was because I was good at sports. Like how lame is that, right? And so I think it goes without saying that there's a family of God that's open and welcome to anyone to anyone in this room to be a part of. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this. Let's go to Proverbs 18:24. Proverbs 18:24 says this, there's a friend out there who is closer than a brother to you. And my loneliness that I experienced as an eighth grader wasn't something that I was content with just accepting and saying, okay, guess I'll just be lonely forever. Like it wasn't me, I wasn't content with that. So I went out of my way to find a family of God to be connected with beyond just my earthly family who are fantastic. I love my siblings and I love my parents, but I needed a greater family. I needed a family of God to be connected with. And so it took me a couple of years, but I found a student ministry that I loved, a youth pastor that I loved, and we got connected there. But finding a family goes two ways. It goes two ways. And, and I wanna share something with you guys. Um, and I don't want you to think I'm singling anyone out in particular, because I, listen, I never do sermons based on one person. I will never do that. Um, but I want to talk specifically about your attitude when finding a new family, because it goes two ways. It goes two ways. If you're standoffish and negative all the time and you have a bad attitude, then it's going to be really, really hard to find a healthy family to get connected with because negativity attracts negativity. Does anybody know the word algorithm? Some of y'all heard this word algorithm, right? 
algorithm. What are we in Texas? Algorithm. So this word algorithm, that's like the Chisholm Trail way of saying it for sure. <laughs> so this algorithm, right? What is an algorithm? So if you're on Instagram, right? And you're on Instagram and you follow, say you follow a bunch of NBA players. So I follow uh, Luka Doncic and Russell Westbrook. And like, I follow like a bunch of NBA players. Well, then if I go to my discover page, if I go to my discover page, what am I going to see? I'm going to see a bunch of other posts from NBA players, right? Or if I follow a bunch of people that have been on the bachelor, or the bachelorette, and I go to my Discover page, what am I going to see? I'm going to see a bunch of Bachelor, Bachelorette fan pages, right? Same way on TikTok. You follow you, whatever's on your For You page, whatever you like, it, your For You page, it gives you, it generates content based on what you've liked. Is this making sense? That's what an algorithm is. So for me, a Facebook algorithm is, uh, for me, I really like fishing. So for me, I search fishing stuff. I like to buy lures. I like to post fishing pictures of fish that I never catch. Um, I like to do fishing stuff. And so what happens is, is on my Facebook page, what happens? This is happening before where I've, I've had a conversation with Cecily about fishing. And then I open my Facebook and the top ad is like fishing poles. And I'm like, oh my gosh. They're listening to me <laughs> like, like the FBI agent in my phone is listening to me. So this is this algorithm that an algorithm, sorry, I gotta keep going with this. This algorithm that I'm talking about. So I wanna read from you a verse real quick. Andrew, I didn't send it to you, that's my bad. Uh, Mark 4.24, so y'all listen carefully to this because this is so fascinating to me. Mark 4.24 says this, it says, consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and then even more. I never understood what this verse meant. Like, I was like, this is like really confusing. So I took this social media class in college and one of the things that I found interesting was the idea of an algorithm and the definition of an algorithm is simply this. It's automated reasoning. What does that mean? It's basically the idea that everything you do on the internet, everything you do on the internet, email, search, if you send a text, if you send a Snapchat, if you send an Instagram message, the internet remembers it. Everything you do, the internet remembers. And then people on the other side of the internet who specialize in marketing, instead of just sending a message out to millions of people, they can focus their marketing on just you. So for example, I love fishing. I watch fishing YouTube videos. My wife makes fun of me for it. I buy lures. I post pictures. You can ask Cecily about all that. And when I do that, I'm creating an algorithm around me. Does that make sense? So the internet knows Pastor Turner loves fishing. And so people on the other side of the internet doing marketing can target me with fishing ads. Does that make sense? So what's this passage saying? It says, be careful what you hear, what you hear by your standard of measure, it will be measured back to you. And then even more. So I like fishing. Fishing is my standard of measure. I create the algorithm of fishing based on my searches. And guess what? I get fishing ads sent to me. Does that make sense? And then even more that I didn't want is measured back to me. Things I ask for come to me and things I didn't want to come to me based on what I've searched. Are y'all seeing the spiritual application here? This didn't make sense to me until I took that social media class, but then it made complete sense. If I'm negative all the time, 
if my measure, if what I do is gossip, I will attract gossip and even more gossip. Does that make sense? If I'm bitter all the time, I will attract bitter people and then even more bitterness. So whatever my measure is, I attract a similar measure and then even more. All right, that actually has nothing to do with loneliness and family. That's all totally free. You guys can just have that. Um, but I didn't want to read that verse without focusing on that because I think it's so fascinating. Point number two, point number two. Actually, I want to I say one more thing. So how do, you, how do you change your life with that? Like if, if you're attracting bitter things, if you're attracting negativity, how do you change your life? How do you change your life? You start by changing your attitude. How do you change your attitude? Change your thoughts. How do you change your thoughts? Change the habits of what you think about. I'm going to say that again. How do you change your life? I really want y'all to focus. I really want y'all to focus. How do you change your life? You change your attitude. How do you change your attitude? You change your thoughts. How do you change your thoughts? Change the habits of what you think about. You have to create a new algorithm for your mind to attract the things of God. Does that make sense? Point number two, you look like your dad. I was trying to think, I was trying to think of like a funny story to go with you look like your dad. And all I could think about was the TikTok, you're my dad. That's literally all I could come up with. Have you ever had someone come up to you and say, you look just like your dad? Yes. Happens to me all the time. You look just like your dad. Some, some of you ladies, maybe it's, you look just like your mom. Some of you ladies, have you heard that? You look just like your mom. So listen to this, listen to this. This is a good point. I don't want y'all to miss it. When you're in the family of God, you should look like your dad. When you're in the family of God, you should look like your dad. So what's our father like? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. This is a Calvary's kids verse. This is a verse we grew up hearing. But this is what our father is like. Our father is all these things. He's love, he's joy, he's peace, he's kindness, he's patience. So don't tell me that you can't be patient. And don't tell me that you can't have self-control. And don't tell me you can't control the things you search on your phone. Because your father can. Your father is self-control. And your father is love. And your father is peace. And I want you to look like your dad. Point number three, last point, then we'll go to small groups. There's freedom in family. There's freedom in family. And so my prayer for this room, my prayer for this room is that the spirit of the Lord would be here. And when he's here, that there's freedom for you. And that you have the freedom in this family to be honest. And that you have the freedom in this family to be open to your parents and to be open to your small group leaders and to be open to me. Because we all care so deeply for everyone in this room. We want freedom for you. Listen, religion wants to keep people following laws and keep them bound. I'm going to go back to that first verse we read. It says, he sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. 
That's what our father does. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. So religion wants to keep people following laws and keep them bound up. But the family of God wants you to know that you have the freedom to change the world with who you are. I'm going to say that one more time. The religion wants to keep people following laws and keep them bound. But the family of God, us in here, the family, wants you to know that you have the freedom to change the world. And so my prayer is that this family in this room would have a culture of freedom, would have a culture of looking just like our father, and would have a culture of not not allowing loneliness and not attracting bitterness and not attracting negativity. That's my prayer for this family in here, Calvary Youth Culture. That's my prayer for everyone in here. So as we go in our small groups, I pray that you would keep, I pray that you would keep that in mind, that you would go into your small groups, understanding that we're a family and in a family, we can be open and we can have freedom. Can y'all agree with me on that? Let's pray. God, we praise you for every student in here. God, make them strong, make them brave and make them fearless. In your name we pray. Amen. 